This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Kathy White, and this is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Joining me on the program today is, still has the new executive director smell on him, <laughs> the new head of action for older persons, Robbie Smolinski. Welcome to the program today. I mean, seriously, the, the new car smell has not worn off yet. You are brand new to the job at Action for Older Persons, but not so much brand new to the organization. That's that's right, Kathy. Thanks for having me, too. Oh, you are welcome. Hey, welcome to the program and welcome to the job. Action for Older Persons, you, as I just alluded, have not are not unfamiliar with the group. Tell us a little bit about your background before you stepped in as head of the agency within the past few weeks. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm a lifelong resident of the area, Um, and actually it was my senior year at Binghamton University. I did an internship here at Action for Older Persons, and that turned into seven years with the organization. So I really enjoyed that time. I've stuck around working um, at United Way of Broome County, Habitat for Humanity of New York State, and everything kind of came full circle, and I'm I'm back at Action for Older Persons um, as executive director, and just delighted to be here. Now, when did you take over as the head of that agency? Uh, in August. And your predecessor was Cassandra Hamilton. Yes, yes, and she was here for seven years, um, and we're we're really proud of our our staff retention. Um, everyone here really believes in, in what we're doing, and they're passionate about the cause and. For her, I think it was the draw of South Carolina and the sun that, <laughs> that played a role in it. Um, so, so she's on her way out of state. Um, but, yeah, we really appreciate everything that, that she had done in her leadership for the organization to really help our programs grow over the years and, and continue to really expand our services to the public. Let's talk about something that might be a misconception uh, people have called um, our our group, our our different radio stations, and asked questions about certain things, and it became evident that there was some confusion between what is action for older persons and office for aging. Office for aging is something that's a, a Broome County department, right? Correct, correct. So that's a county department, and we're an independent nonprofit. Now, it, it's certainly confusing when you just look at the names, Office for Aging, Action for Older Persons, or the acronyms OFA and AOP. <laughs> yeah. So, so certainly the we get the same thing with a certain television station. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You, you know the struggle. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, I mean, we do partner on a lot of projects, um, so, you know, that adds to it a little bit. But the big differentiation would, would really be, I mean, as far as our programs are concerned, People are most likely to be contacting us for health insurance counseling, for our ombudsman program, which advocates for people in the nursing home, um, for our ICANN program, which is an independent consumer advocacy network. So that's something that really looks at long-term care services with managed care plans. So, I mean, when people think health insurance, they should really be thinking action for older persons. That's us. Um, now, when it comes to OFA, they're managing the senior centers. They're a great resource for information and referral. Um, you know, we do our best when, when folks call here 
and they have an, an issue or concern that we don't cover, we do our best to refer them uh, where they need to go. But in a lot of cases, that's where we'll turn to Office for Aging and say, give them a call, because if they can't provide you that direct service, they're going to know better than we who, who would be the best contact. Um, so, you know, we, we do our best really, and, and right now open enrollment season is coming for Medicare. So that's, you know, the, the biggest time of year as far as client contact. So that's, that's the big thing I'll harp on right now. If, if the word Medicare is popping into your mind, it's really action for older persons that, that you'll want to contact because we can provide you that, that personalized, unbiased, one-on-one counseling. So if somebody's calling you and wanting to know what is going on with the COVID restrictions and when are the senior centers going to open, that's not you. Right. That would be Office <laughs> for Aging if you have questions about the senior centers. Now, if it's a question where you say, you know, I have a loved one in the nursing home and I have concerns or questions about what's going on there, that's definitely something that we would cover. Okay, let's talk about that a little bit, shall we? Sure. Sure. That is a big hot button issue since the, as I like to say, pretty much every week these days when the COVID hit the fan, yeah. um, they've just eased the um, the requirement of how many days of coronavirus free testing at a home before they can allow visitors in. But there has been a huge, huge huge debate not only locally but also in new york state between privately held and you know like the county held nursing homes about the care of people during the pandemic the services that they're getting that they're allowed to get that they're not allowed to get um, people being allowed to get go in and the information that has been given to families who have loved ones in the nursing home what on the front lines have you guys been fielding the most calls about when it comes to people that are in the long-term care facilities well really i mean it's still the the obviously the call volume in some in some ways has increased but yeah the the demand is definitely there um the concern is there and and the good thing is even though we're not entering the facilities at this point, and that, that's something being worked out at the state level with the ombudsman program. Um, so we're, we're looking for some guidance there, and everybody's working together to find the best solutions. But we've still worked on, you know, in the meantime, over 260, you know, instances of information and assistance for people who have contacted the program, and, you know, we've opened 40 cases. We're looking at different issues, and there is you know, we, we've seen those concerns where it's family members in the community and saying, you know, I can't get in. And it's, it's a really tough issue because, you know, the, the nursing homes and, and the facilities, they need to be conscientious of the health of, of all of their clients. So there are exceptions there um, for end-of-life issues, right. um, things of that nature. But, you know, at, at this point, that's something it, it really is kind of fluid at this point, you know, as far as their restrictions and, like you said, how long um, a facility has to be COVID-free before, you know, they, they kind of lift restrictions and, and let um, any any outside member in. Um, and, and really, it comes down to just we stay abreast of that so we can answer any questions someone may have, and we continue in the meantime to be that advocate to keep the lines of communication open um, between the residents in the facility, their families outside of the facility, and, and really our program, we are the advocate for the resident. The resident is our client. 
We don't work for the facilities. We're independent. So what is in the residents' best interest is in our best interest. How has that line of communication been going in our area? I mean, we hear stories from all over the state. Um, outside of Broome County, I have some friends that have people in extended care facilities that they haven't seen their loved one actually even before all this hit, and they were saying that they have to be really walking on a, a ground of trust because the only thing they know about their person is what the home is telling them. And right. and how how has that communication been going? And is there a better line of communication? Is there a different line of communication between the privately held homes and the ones that are the ones that are fall under the auspices of a local government right and, and that's something where we're sort of you know the the resolution to that if someone is struggling so that that's something we've definitely you know taken calls on and we've been assisting with if someone's like you know i, I don't like the information i'm getting i'm not i don't feel that i'm getting the information i need or frequently enough then we will step in as the advocate for that person and and part of this is looking at system change. So not in a vacuum of just, you know, this particular family member is concerned about the line of communication. That's where we work closely with the facilities to say, what can we do programmatically, you know, internally with you? How can we work with you to open this line of communication for more residents and more families to make sure that everyone is, is comfortable is informed, you know, are able to make the right decisions and, and feel good about, you know, the, the status of their loved one that's in the facility. Has this been, I mean, you're kind of coming in, and I'd like to say the tail end of it. <laughs> we're, we, who, yeah. who knows? I mean, seriously, who knows? But you're not in with the frenetic first developing when everything was blowing up and changing on a day-to-day basis. But has this really been a learning experience, and has there been something positive coming out of all this that Action for Older Persons has learned and has been able to develop some new ideas and ways of dealing with things that are directly related to kind of having your hand be forced because of this all happening? Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it's a fair statement across pretty much every business sector that, you know, a lot of people have been forced to learn on the fly. But, you know, I think for us and many others, it's really important to look at the challenges that we faced and, and identify them as opportunities. So, you know, for us, lessons learned are really that, okay, we can continue to provide services. They just look a little bit different than they than they used to. So, where we would have volunteers literally on the ground in the facility, now we have people on the phone making contact, getting updated information, and, and pushing that direction. But we, we still see successes in, in what we're doing. So as an example, when the, when the stimulus checks came out, there was an assumption on behalf of, you know, probably the majority of residents that, okay, that money is just going to go straight to the facility for my care, and that's the end of it. So we proactively approached that situation and said, okay, we, we have to make this outreach happen remotely, make sure people are aware. So that was going through the facilities first, making contact with clients to make sure that they were aware 
that this is money coming directly to you that you can spend on your personal items as you wish. So for a lot of people, I mean, that was a huge, that was a huge boom. So, and you, that was fairly, we'll say fairly early on in the whole process, con, considering things as, as everyone was adjusting. So, I mean, it, it's sort of like as the situation changes, we, we keep looking for, for new opportunities to change. And there's always some efficiency to be had, too, when we talk about, you know, remote work and virtual in that, you know, the more, the better we can serve people, the better off we all are. So the more avenues we have to do that and the more platforms we have to do that, the better off we are. So even in the future when we say, okay, we still have the boots on the ground inside of, of the facilities, we also now have the groundwork to say, well, we don't have to be there to make this change. We can, we can react quicker. Um, you know, we're, we're set up to do things virtually. So for us, that's, that's a huge advantage moving forward. And that really spans across our program. Um, the other big thing with, with Medicare open enrollment, I mean, we see nearly 3,000 folks a year between October 15th and, you know, December 7th is the main enrollment period. But over a relatively short period of time, and, you know, that immediately, that those were people mostly in our office, and that's not going to happen this year. So right. we're already geared up. You know, we're finalizing plans. Everyone's going to be working remotely and virtually. So for us, again, this is just another opportunity to say, hey, you don't have to drive here. You don't, you know, you don't have to go through the extra steps to get the help you need. And, you know, in a way, COVID sort of forced that into play. Right. So across the board, that's really how we're looking at it. Like, okay, what what good has come out of this? And really, there's a lot of efficiencies and a lot of opportunity when we talk about you know changing our systems so that we can we can handle whatever comes at us. Robbie Smolinski is the new director of Action for Older Persons. I think we've a- answered quite a few questions about. Some of the things that you guys do, which you do a whole bunch more, and as the population ages and all of a sudden you find yourself looking in the mirror and say, who is that person? Then you realize that Medicare is something that you need to get some information. I know the few people I know, they got there and they were totally confused by the whole thing. We are out of time, so I would love for you to give us a phone number and or a website where people can get some more information on all the programs that are handled by Action for Older Persons. Sure. Website is actionforolderpersons.org, or people can reach us by phone at 722-1251. Well, thank you for being my guest today, and stay healthy and good luck with everything that is still developing down the lines. We'll see what happens tomorrow, right? Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Kathy. We appreciate it. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. It's a pleasure to have with me Joe Stanton.